0: It's time for the Picture House Podcast with your hosts Sam and Simon. Please ensure that your mobile phone is switched off, refrain from smoking, and keep conversation to a minimum. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Thank you very much for talking to us today. No worries. No um, it's nice to be up here in the in the penthouse, uh, um, Channel Four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking down on the floor. <laughs> So um, I was wondering, just with with Una, if you could tell the listeners a little bit about the origin of the project because it started out as a play called Blackbird.
1: Yes, um, I directed d- David Hare's play Black- Blackbird. To me, is one of the great chamber plays of this century. Mm. It's and it will stay a great play and will continue to be directed um, and revived. Two incredible roles for 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 actors and the play is like a. A verbal boxing match as the characters tear strips off each other and um, dig into their shared shared past mm. it also works in the theater um, almost like a um, courtroom drama in that we're we're ringside listening to the two of them as they they work through what happened and trying to weigh up truth what's a lie what's manipulation what's evasion um, and that's a Thrilling rhetorical space that mm. the theatre theatre opens up. I directed the play in German at the oh Schalbuner wow. theatre in two thousand and five. Um, very powerful, intimate production, and it really stayed with me and stayed under my skin. And I stayed fascinated by the knot between these two characters and mm. the bond that they share. And then, as I've, I've been looking, f- I'd been looking for a really long time for what first film might be. I'd wanted to make a film for a long time, been very busy in the theatre and opera, but wanted to find what might be the project that would would take me away from there for a while.
0: Mm.
1: And I was, yes, f- fascinated by how the encounter between these two characters, the first word of the play is a shock, <laughs> and how this sense of two people in this state of emotional emergency might translate into to film mm. And also the questions of that cinema might be able to explore about time. Mm. This is a story about two people who the events of 15 years ago um, impacted on their lives and haven't been able to be be shaken almost as if i I think of their lives like when you see a bushfire go through a forest and the the trees are marked Mm. the rings are marked by the year that fire went through their lives are scarred and marked by the events that happened when when she she was 13 years old and now she needs to confront him and find him again and confront him in order to to reclaim her life and understand what happened to her um, to them and to try and sort through the knot and mixture of, of guilt and, and and desire and and abuse and love um but that also becomes a fundamentally question about time and memory and how the past lives on in the present and cinema is the space par excellence to to look at the that the the story of memory and time and how they come on intermingle in the present so yeah
0: Absolutely, I think it's a uh, it's a really interesting piece to explore in cinema um, and how your perspective can change um, as the characters are not only talking, but then you're also seeing previous events from various people's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was quite transportative.
1: Yeah, of course, it's different in the theatre too. Like if they th- they're describing, say, the night when when they last saw each other fifteen years ago, when we hear that in the cinema, it's David's the monologue, for instance, that Una says, which we have some of the text on. It's almost quite cinematic. You're almost seeing it shot for shot, mm. but it's happening on the screens in our imagination we we costume them and <laughs> pick the locations and we can weigh up what's true and not 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 true once you see it in the film you believe that that's what happened mm-hmm. but i was also quite interested in well what i think is also dynamic in the material it's the material is her inquiry into truth what happened and this deeply ambivalent emotional space mm and how to ex- show or explore on, on, on film the gap between what is said and what is seen. And that can be literally the flashbacks versus what is said, but it can also be as she's listening to him, the way her mouth quivers and things like that, to, ex- to explore that within, in, within incredible intimacy was, uh, was a kind of invitation of the material. Was it
0: uh during that I guess that time when you first directed the play um and the intervening years, like you know did was this sort of thinking you were thinking like maybe this is something that could be a film that I could do as a film? I, I
1: literally <laughs> had in like the late 2000s I checked the rights for it and oh wow. it wasn't available <laughs> <laughs>
0: it was it was it was with the same
1: producers I ended up making the film with, and mm. it was in a long gestation period with them, and I understand that it's 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 a it's it, it's a raw nerve hardball topic for people um but i was just very fortunate that at a certain point they didn't have a director and <laughs> they were still looking for one and I, I put my hand up and said look i've got a deep deep abiding affection and connection and fascination with this material and i want to take it away from the theater and discover how it works as as, as a film and open this up and uh david harrower the producers gene domaney and patrick daly knew my work in the theater because they also produced theater in new york and mm. They'd seen some of my theatre in New York and here in London, and David Harrow had also seen produ- some productions of mine here at the Young Vic, and so we began a good dialogue and an exciting, dynamic dialogue began with with David about what it what it what it might become, and it kind of went from there. But yeah, I'd thought about it more just in like that kind of. Um, uh, you know, the radar ping when you're looking for <laughs> for <laughs> what the project is, you know, when you're looking for a story. And it kept sort of still pinging on my radar. I was like, ah, damn, someone else has got that. Mm-hmm. So it it uh, the stars aligned in the, the the right way and the material came back to me and I'm a firm believer in magic and accidents and the, <laughs> the right ones happened on this. So.
0: I think uh, making a film is a lot of those. And yes. it feels like, you know, this is it's part of what an excellent journey to have been on. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And in a way, I think
1: it was kind of cool that I, like, I... I after making the film in two thousand and five, I didn't go straight and make some making directing the play in two thousand and five. Mm. I didn't go straight and make the film. It's ten years later, mm. and yeah, I thought about the film sometimes those years, but I was busy with other things. So what it did was the seeds were really buried deep down, mm. and I think also cool thing happens when things are and there wasn't even a pressure on them to become anything because I didn't know if I'd revisit them. Yeah. But but the play was buried inside me. Mm. So when David and I began work on it, it was really was really cool to kind of realize oh wow that's i've been thinking about that on some subconscious level all this time so when we began unpacking it i wasn't beginning from the beginning but nor was it fresh so i wasn't burdened by the experience of exactly the interpretation of myself and those two actors in germany but but we were able to kind of begin from 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 a a place where um, I already knew the material inside out and it meant also in a task that David and I set ourselves in a way to liberate the the material from the play and let it become entirely its own thing as a film was something he and I both felt very, very strongly about and that's a very generous thing from a writer of a play. Mm. The danger can also be that they're too, too, you know, hold on to the material too tightly and you just end up with a, you know, nice well-made version of uh, of uh, 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 of the play, so, yeah.
0: What I like about the film is you brought this very, you know, like a realistic, um, you know, it's, it's got like a very modern realism sort of look to it, uh, which is really refreshing, especially with the performers you've got in the film as well. Where, like, we don't get to see those actors, those brilliant actors doing work like this mm-hmm. uh, in real locations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny, like, they're real locations, but no, I, I, I never
1: wanted it to be, with all due respect, a piece of British slice, you know... Slice of realism. Mm. So it uses... I hope it uses real locations to actually also elicit a kind of slightly uh, dreamlike, strange quality. And that's to do with, you know, how... the shock of her seeing him again, but also the kind of way that she's been blown outside of life Mm. a little bit. And, you know, she has a kind of alien perspective on the world, but it's also something I just, I I love in the cinema and I look, I look for something that has a strange dreamlike intensity and one way to, it's that balance. It's absolutely real. And at the other side, Mm. side, it starts to feel like a myth. (laughs) And there was a sense of, you know, her moving through a labyrinth, both Mm. in the past as that young girl walks along the side of the house that she's taking her first steps into the labyrinth and as as Rooney moves through this the sort of the clouds of smoke in that club. Yes. And through that she's sitting off in a labyrinth till, you know, she finally walks away at the end and mm-hmm. <laughs> all <laughs> of that but so that that was that was a motivating thing for us that in a way is more kubrickian than <laughs> perfectly realist <laughs> no, the labyrinth
0: true. true. i guess like it works it doesn't it doesn't you know it's not like this is britain in 2016 or whatever this this is a place yeah and it's a modern place but yeah. there's no real time yeah. there um and we've all been in a hardware sort of factory or a, or a, you know that, that sort of environment yeah, yeah and in a way too like we're we're
1: mixing on the one hand you know there's those white corridors that the camera pushed down that feel quite dreamy like that on the other hand we're mixing street casting so the guys in the pub down down by the sea mm-hmm. that's their pub those guys oh, really? you know it's 15 years ago so they're just announced because but those dudes hang out in that pub mm-hmm. the guys who chase him from there the guys who look at him that's their pub so we're mixing as kind of street casting and in the factory like a lot of the people working in there the women that you see mm-hmm. when Rooney walks through through that 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 room the women are working the room behind the plastic strip sheeting they work in that, that factory many of the time. They were working in that factory. So we were mixing a sort of street casting and all of that. So I think that's a kind of, yeah, that's a combination of of, 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 of realism and a slightly more allegorical filmmaking maybe.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's really fun to see as an audience member because it does bring uh, it brings a scale to it you know when you've got so many people like that in, mm-hmm. the, in a piece um, and it, you know it makes it look it, it, it makes it look huge
1: yeah oh good because that's the challenge of the material in that it's a play for two people mm. and it's these two people have a relationship that cut themselves off from the rest of the world so it can feel quite exclusive and they speak a different language you know what the way they speak to each other. She doesn't speak to Riz like that. He doesn't speak to his wife like that. They have no small talk. They cannot have small talk. (laughs) And that's a real challenge. That's okay in the theatre. We're used to there not being small talk in the theatre. But (laughs) that's a real challenge in film. And to to hear you say that's really gratifying because we try to make sure that, of course, you're digging into their relationship and you're trapped with them and it's quite claustrophobic, that relationship. But to sort of feel this uh, larger world echoing around them, that's what we tried
0: to do was that quite uh like a fun part of the process like thinking about how you can build this out from the from the play yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 it's uh yeah i think it's uh i was wondering was there ever a, a version of it when they were in the room and they have a very intense conversation was there ever a version where it might even be smaller where it's purely in one location the whole film yeah
1: no because that's what the play does for me uh, i think there would be another thing that could be like um uh i don't know like uh You know, there's things like Friedkin has done, though, like bargain things like that. Mm. But to me, they're filmed theatre and I feel like he's a filmmaker doing theatre as a film like that. I, I already do theatre, so I didn't really want to make film theatre or even sometimes in theatre, I've worked a lot with live cameras. Mm. So I wanted this to be cinematic. And I think you we found it quite tough, even the scenes in that glass room, mm. we, that were really tough to stay in that room. Like that... that the whole place in that room, but they were they were the toughest for us to stay in. In a way the the flashbacks gave us some relief from them, but in the watching of the film and the composing of the film, they were quite tough. Um, so I think it's important for it to open out but I like the idea of the adventure through that labyrinth so they, mm-hmm. they go from that room, long corridors to a medium-sized room, to a smaller room to a smaller room until they're trapped in that toilet mm-hmm. together so that was a way of me trying to find a transposition or a translation of that claustrophobic sense of being trapped in the same room as them in the theatre how we might follow them through this kind of series of chambers um, yeah
0: I love the shots of um, them going down, like, the, the aisles in the warehouse. And, yeah. like, it just looks so huge and so daunting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we need to wrap up. But thank you so much for talking to us today. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks a lot. Thanks the film. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
1: You have been listening to the Picturehouse podcast, a Picture House's production brought to you by Picturehouse Cinemas. We would like to thank everyone who works at Picturehouse Cinemas and everyone who has ever attended a
0: screening of a film at a Picturehouse Cinema. Thanks for listening and see you next week.